Amen. Why don't we bless the Lord in this place this morning? Why don't we bless the Lord in this place this morning? For we serve a true and living God, and he's worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Giving honor to God, who is the creator, the maker of my life. And without him, I would have no being. So I just give you all honor, glory, and praise this morning, God. For who you are and for making me who I am. Thank you, Jesus. I'm humbly grateful for this opportunity to stand here on this morning to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. To our pastor, Pastor Haynes and First Lady, Sister Bev in their absence, thank God for you and I thank you for sharing your pulpit with me this morning. Thank God for his healing power of your life. I pray that he'll continue to be with you and bless you and keep you. Thank God for my husband and my daughter who's here in support of me and to my daughter in her absence. I just thank God for my family who just so gracious have poured out their love and patience towards me this week and I just so grateful for you. To all of you, my uh, sisters and my brother in the ministry, we thank you for your continued prayers and support in making this Women's Day celebration go forth. Thank you for those that are here and for those that are home listening, those have you know been supportive, not only here, but wherever you may be. We're just so grateful this morning. We just come with a grateful heart this morning because God is just so good. Yes, he is. Thank you, God. Thank you, praise team, for those songs. Whew. Jesus, we love you. Mm. There is a word from the Lord. <clears throat> there is a word from the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to the gospel according to John. <clears throat> the gospel according to John, and we're going to the 11th chapter. It's a very familiar passage of scripture, a story that we all should be familiar with. I will not read it in its entirety, but I do hope that you would in your time. John 11 chapter, and I will begin reading at verse 1 from the King James Version. Bible reads, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Martha which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And therefore his sister said unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. 
but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and when he had heard thereof that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Art thou not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of this death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go unto him. And then we'll jump down to verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Amen. Even now, O oh Lord, even now, O oh Lord. The Gospel of John is a careful retelling of Jesus' life that takes us to a deeper meaning of his life and his works. We find in chapters 1 through 12, John describes Jesus' entry into the world and how Jesus offers miracles, or as John calls them, signs, as evidence of Jesus' identity. I'm sorry. For a topic, if you would, our topic today would be, if we ever need a miracle, we sure do need one now. You see, miracles was done as a testimony to the identity of Jesus, which would create belief in him. Again, I say miracles happen as a testimony to identify the identification of Jesus, which would create others to believe in him. These signs that Jesus performed convinced many that he was truly the Messiah. He was truly divine. So here in John chapters 1 through 12, we find many accounts of Jesus' miracles and his signs. Over in chapter 2, we've witnessed the first miracle at the wedding at Cana. They ran out of wine, and, and Jesus tells the servants to take the jars and fill them with water. And when the master of the feast had tasted it, the water had become wine. Now, this was one of the first of Jesus' miracles and manifestation of glory. 
and his disciples believed. And as scenes continue to unfold, Jesus goes into a temple and he witnessed some ungodly behaviors taking place. He overturns the tables and he drives them out of the temple. But in the process, he was asked of the Jews, what sign do you show for us doing these things? And Jesus responds by saying, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. Well, when the Jews knew that it had taken them 46 years to build a temple, but Jesus just says three days. But they didn't know that Jesus was referring to the temple of his body. But nevertheless, his disciples remembered that Jesus had said this and they believed. Jesus also had an encounter with a woman, a Samaritan woman at the well. And because of this encounter, she ran telling everyone about the man that she gave her water and she'll never thirst again. And because of her testimony, they believed. Jesus heals a, a official's son who was at the point of death. The man went to Jesus and asked him he would come down and heal his son. But Jesus says unto him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus says, go your way. Your son will live. And so said, so done. It was confirmed that the same hour that Jesus had spoken that the son would live is the same hour that the fever had left the son's body. And because of this, he and his household believed on the Lord. And if we go on over in chapter 6, we learn that there was a crowd that was following Jesus. And because they had witnessed how Jesus had been healing the sick, but when Jesus looked and he saw the multitude of people, he asked, where can we buy some bread so that we may eat? Jesus did not ask them because he did not know. He asked as a test because he already knew what he was about to do. Here we find that he takes two fish and five loaves of bread and gave thanks. And the multitude, about 5,000 ate and leftovers and fragments was there for them to collect. And when the people had seen what Jesus had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. And they believe, my church. Jesus goes on and he heals a man who was blind since birth. Jesus spat in the mud and made, spat on the ground and made mud and anointed the man's eyes. And he told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he had washed, he came back seeing. There was much controversy about this healing, for you see the Jews had already established that any man that confessed in the Lord Jesus Christ would be cast out. But Jesus, when he had heard of this, he went and found the man and questioned the man. The man, and Jesus asked him if he would believe in the Son of Man, and the blind man said, Jesus, where is he that I might believe? Jesus said, it is I who is speaking to you. And the Bible tells us that the man replied, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. If we ever needed a miracle before, we sure do need one now. These are just some of the accounts of Jesus' signs and miracles. There are other miracles that can be found in John, but all have the same purpose. They were done to create a belief in Jesus. Now, this is where our text brings us to a miracle. And even in this miracle, we can see that this miracle served the same purpose as others, and that was to cause the belief in Jesus. 
And although the purpose might be the same, the context surrounding this particular miracle is a quite different. You see the signs and wonders that we have learned and spoke about previously, they involve people who were yet alive and Jesus was already on the scene. In other words, Jesus was at their disposal. You recall the wine runs out, they went to Jesus. The son was at the point of death, he went to Jesus. Jesus speaks to the father. The multitude of people were fed with only two fish and five loaves of bread. But Jesus was there at their initial request of help. Y'all get the picture. Bear with me if you would. God is going somewhere with this. But here in our text today, we find that Jesus being at their disposal is not the case. Jesus being on the scene is not the case. He is not there for their initial request for help. The text tells us there was a certain man that was ill called Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Their brother Lazarus is ill. They sent message. He wasn't there. They sent message saying, he who you love is ill. Lazarus is a friend whom Jesus loved dearly. But when Jesus had heard this, he said, this illness does not lead to death, but is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And it goes on to say that he stayed two days longer. Y'all get the picture? Jesus was not there at the point of the initial request. Oh, God, Jesus. Hallelujah. When Jesus gets the word that his friend is ill because they have sent for Jesus, they knew of the healing that he had already done. And if he comes for Lazarus right now, everything would be all right. But contrary to what we might have been expecting to happen, Jesus did not drop what he was doing and rush to the side of his friend. Well, we all can learn something right here. If Jesus, the sovereign God, didn't rush to the need of a friend whom he loved dearly, we too need to learn that we need to stop running in a hurry, at every beck and call of those who call on their need. We need to stop being in a hurry every time a friend calls with an urgency. Now, I'm not saying to stop helping those in need. Clearly, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you need to have a discerning spirit because sometimes in our rushing to fix situations for others, we are interrupting God's process. We are robbing God of the glory that, that is due to him. Hallelujah. And truth be told, the friend isn't really being helped anyway, and they ain't getting no better. So the story goes on, and it says that Jesus tarries for two days. And then he says to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But where the disciples sees this is a problem because they had, was just there, and while they were there, the Jews wanted to stone Jesus so they couldn't understand why would he want to go back to a place where they were wanting to kill him. But nevertheless, Jesus began to speak of Lazarus being sick, sleep. But the disciples thought that Lazarus was just resting. But Jesus wasn't speaking of resting. Jesus was speaking of Lazarus being dead. And Jesus said in verse 15, it's for your sake. And I'm glad that I was not there so that you might believe. Well, I told you that this situation was a bit different from the others. Jesus is not there at the onset of the problem. And now we learn that Lazarus has died. 
Jesus could have gone when he received the message, but he waited until the situation seemed hopeless in the eyes of those that were around. Well, let me encourage you, people of God. God delay is not a deny. The story goes on to tell us that when he had come to the place, he was met by Martha. And then as he was met by Martha, a dialogue began to, to uh, come between Martha and Jesus. Martha cried out. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that Martha's belief and faith in Jesus was definitely confirmed right here. She affirms that as she goes on to say, stay, say that although he is dead. See, Martha had faith. She had faith because she sent for him. She knew that if he had come, that Lazarus' illness could have got better. But she got some sure enough faith here. She says, Lord, although he is dead, I know that whatever you ask from my God, he will give it to you. And we need to take on this mindset. I know that we go through trials and tribulations, but nevertheless, we need to get, be like Martha. We need to say, Lord, nevertheless, I know that whatever I ask of you, oh God, that you hear me and you will come and see about me. So, but Jesus assures Martha that Lazarus will rise again. Martha says, yes, I know he's going to rise on the resurrection in the last day. But Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, he, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Martha says to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Martha goes on and she calls for her sister Mary. And Mary approaches Jesus and falls at his feet. And they said, she replied with the same statement. Lord, had you been here, my brother would not have died. I'm talking about faith, y'all. They knew that Jesus was the healer. They knew that Jesus was the problem solver. But Lord, can I just help us right here? God sometimes has to let us, our situations come to a point of hopelessness. Because when it comes to a place of hopelessness, we know that there's no shadow of a doubt that God and only God himself will be able to bring us out. So if we ever needed a miracle, we sure do need it now. So the story goes on and it, it takes a little shift. And, and, and Jesus' demeanor, uh, he, he saw that Mark, Mary was weeping. And he also saw that the Jews that were, had come to console them, the ones that were around them, they were weeping also. And Jesus, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Let me let you know, God sees you. He knows. He knows what you're going through. And he loves us dearly. And he sees your tears. The Lord says, where have you laid him? Lord, come and see. And the story goes on. It says Jesus well. See, Jesus and his humanity felt compassion. He knows. He loves us. And he's concerned about us. So then some of the Jews cried out. They say, see how he has loved him. And they questioned. If he gave sight to the blind, 
Could he not have kept Lazarus alive? Well, I can see where they are about to shift their gears to. Once before, they probably were, had unbelief. But now, after seeing things and hearing things, oh God, it causes a change in our hearts and causes a change in our mind. The story goes on and says, Jesus, when he came to the tomb, there was a stone laying against it. And he asked it to be removed. But Martha, she explains to Jesus, Lazarus has been dead for four days. And by this time, don't you know there should be an odor? There should be a stench. You see, the Judaic law taught that through the third day that the spirit remained with the body. And there was hope of resuscitation to life. But here we are at day four. Did I tell you God has to sometimes let things come to a point of hopelessness before he shows up? <clears throat> so Jesus, he tells Martha, he said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. And what Jesus does is neck causes hearts to change. He lifted up his eyes towards heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know, God, that you always hear me. But I said this for the sake of those standing around me, that they might believe that you sent me. And after he had finished, he cried out to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. But he said, loose him and let him go. If we ever needed a miracle, we sure do need a miracle right now. And because of what the Jews had seen and what they had witnessed, when things that Jesus had done, many believed on him. So I don't know what you might be going through today, but I came by today to encourage you, to tell you to hang on in there. God has an appointed time, and God is going to receive the glory from your situation. We are living in a pandemic, okay? Not just living Georgia living in a pandemic, but this pandemic is having an effect on every cracking corner of every nation of this world. And you know, here about to... Enter the, we're about to enter the 10th month of the 2020, you know, and yet it seems like things aren't getting any better. I know that much has been lost. Loved ones have died. Jobs have been lost. Homes, cars, families are separated with social distance. We're already, we've got divorces, depression, you name it, you, you know, we've seen it. But we just like Martha and Mary, Lord, we know that you have the power to end all of this. And we know, God, that you have heard our cry. And we know, God, that sooner or later, you're going to come and see about us. Lord, Jesus knows and he cares. And in due time, he will step in. I encourage you. But things might have to get worse before they get better. Things just might have to get worse before they get better. We see that here. 
We may have to face some dead and hopeless situations, but be assured that God is using this situation to, 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 so that those that are around us will see that when Jesus, the son of the true living God, shows up and they will have witnessed the miraculous power of God, they will have seen and they will believe. And God will get all the glory. So I say today, tarry if you must, Jesus. It's going to be all right. Tarry if you must, Lord. If it's going to cause a multitude to come to you and believe on you, oh God, tarry if you must. I know you could have showed up back in March, but you didn't. You could have showed up in April, but you didn't. You could have came in May or June, but you had, Lord God. Here we are in, in September, Lord God, and the pandemic is still going on. But that's all right. Terry, if you must, Lord. Because, Lord, we know when you come, there's going to be a miracle that's going to change hearts. There's going to be a miracle that's going to change spirits, Lord God. And they're going to come running, Lord. What must I do to be saved? So, God, if you have to use us, if we have to lose some things, Lord God, it's all right. Because, Lord God, we know that in the end, we win. In the end, God, we win. It's all for your glory. It's all for your purpose, Lord God. And we're going to be all right, Lord. If we ever need a miracle, we sure do need it now. We're living in some uncertain times. And only God and God alone is going to be able to deliver us from this. But when he has come, they will know that he is Lord. And so, God, I thank you. We thank you for our journey. We thank you, God, for keeping us thus far. And although, God, things may seem like it's not going to get any better, but we know, the God, that better days are ahead. Weeping may endure for a night but joy is gonna come in the morning so tarry if you must lord we await your coming lord god because we expect a miraculous work of god if we ever needed a miracle god we sure do need it now that miracle god that you're gonna perform trump's not gonna get no glory leaders are not gonna get no glory pastors are not gonna get no glory officials are not gonna get no glory only god it's going to get the glory when we come out of this. And when we have come out, God, we can't come out the same. Unshackle our feet, Lord God, so we can go where you send us. Loose our hand, God, so we can serve in ministry like you want us to serve. And loose our lips, God, so we can speak and declare the word of the Lord. Loose us, God, so we can be free, oh God, to draw men unto you, oh God, so we can lift up your name, God. We need a miracle, God, and we sure do need it now, God. Terry, God, if you must, it's okay and it's all right. I'm reminded of another tomb experience. One day, you and I we were on our way to a destructive hell. Death, I tell you, we would have an eternal death. We were on our way 
to hell, oh God. But God, he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever might believe it on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came down and he walked this earth healing the sick and raising the dead. But they crucified my Jesus and he hung on that old rugged cross. He died, he died, he died, but he didn't stay dead. And as he hung on that cross, I'm reminded that he cried out to his father. He said, Father, why have thou forsaken me? But let me encourage you. God will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. But he said, nevertheless, it's not my will, but thy will be done. Do what you have to do, Jesus. Do what you have to do, Lord. It's not our will, Lord, but thy will be done. And he died. He died. And they put him in a bar or two. But he didn't stay there. Because early, early Sunday morning, he got up. And he got up with all power, all power in his hand. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? He got up. And because he got up, we too will rise out of this. We too will come out of this because we have a blessed assuring that the hope, our hope is built on Jesus. Jesus and nothing less. We are going through this, but we're gonna get through this. We're going not for our purpose. We're going for the glory of God. We're going through these things because God wants to be glorified. And God knows that it has to get to a hopeless. Things have to get to a hopeless situation. And there are some that have to see a mighty move of God in order to believe. So God, if you have to use us, if we have to tarry here in this longer, we say, nevertheless, not our will, Lord, but thy will be done. God bless you. needed a miracle we sure do need it now right now it's decision time it's decision time and the word of God said and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be open unto you for everyone that asks it receive it and he that seek it find it and to him that knock it, it shall be open. Right now, it's decision time. If you ever know you needed the Lord, you sure do need him right now. And he is available. Why don't you just open up your hearts and let him come in. He'll be your friend. 
he'll be your friend and he will sit and sup with you invite him in invite him in we offer Christ to you oh my brother we offer Christ to you oh my sisters he will give you brand new life new life more abundantly his word said if thou will confess with thy mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart and that you believe that he died for the old for your sins and mine you'll be saved if you only believe we invite you to Salem a home you need a home where you have prayers someone will be covering you right here at Salem we offer Christ to you won't you sing with me let him come in yes Lord God
to God. Mm. If we ever needed a miracle, we need it right now. Tarry, Lord. Tarry if you must. My brothers and sisters who are viewing via a YouTube live stream, those who are here in a sanctuary, allow the Lord to use you while he's tarrying. Allow him to get the glory. Mm, my God, somebody is watching. We give God the glory for this woman of God. Did our hearts not burn? Oh, my God, my God. He used our sister mightily. Reverend Tammy, God's handmaiden, we thank you for allowing God to speak in you and through you, decreeing and declaring the word of the Lord. My remarks is just this. You all be blessed. Continue to let God do what he does best in and through your life, and we give him the glory. We smile and move forward in the things of God. Pastor, in your absence, we say thank you and we love you. First lady, we just thank you for allowing God to use you. And for my brothers and sisters in Christ, the praise team, AV ministry, minister of music, and uh, Dion, we, we thank you all for this Women's Day. Now, I have to share with you, I, I, I shared with Pastor, God did not give me a put a stop on Women's Day. He said to just use what's in your hand. And pastor, he said, uh, let's have them to come to the sanctuary. And so I said, well, I'll be in prayer and, 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 and extend the invitation to the women. But we always have a ram in a bush. And I thank God for Reverend Tammy to allow God to use her for such a time as this. Brother Fitzgerald, thank you for sharing her with us. Sister T uh, Trinity and uh, Tian, in your absence, just thank you all, your family, for allowing her to be here with us. Uh, Reverend Jason, were there any announcements? No announcements. All right. Well, at this time, we'll go ahead and have Reverend Tammy to give our benediction. Be blessed. Once again, we give all honor and glory to God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for resonating in this place on today. We're just so grateful for what God has said and what God has done in this place. Would you stand to your feet for our benediction? And Pastor Jason, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Amen.
grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide within our hearts, hence now and forevermore. And the people of God said... There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.